not in the empower center in your life tonight. Your life is this temple. He bought you. You belong to him. He paid the full price to own you and everything that you are. And now he does. But what we're going to do is we're going to begin to open the doors in the temple and let his Holy Spirit begin to just flood every place, every place. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Let's begin to make that our prayer to the Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Come on, he's going to teach us about his toolbox in a little bit. But let's just start by welcoming the temple 
and continues to fill the temple and continues to fill the temple. And I love it when Paul references that and says, don't be drunk with other things. Be filled, be being filled every day, every moment with his Holy Spirit. And as we just allow the Holy Spirit to be filling our lives, oh my goodness, our lives become better and better and better. Well, we welcome the Holy Spirit again in our lives, but also we want to learn about this toolbox that he's brought with him. And this next series that we're coming into now is called The Believer's Toolbox. And we're speaking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit makes available to the believer so that we can be effective for God in our lives and on the earth. Amen. And uh, it's a privilege tonight to introduce Pastor Stuart, who's going to lead us into the first of this series of teachings in Sunday Night Local. And then he said Sunday Night Live, Sunday Night Local, uh, on the Believer's Toolbox. So let's give him a, I believe we're illegally allowed to clap, so let's give him a Great. Great. Thank you. Brilliant. So um, tonight, as Pastor Andy said, we're starting the first session of this new series. And um, tonight, the, the title is, so the, the, the series title is The Believer's Toolbox. And tonight, the title is The Toolbox. So I'm going to be talking about The Toolbox this evening. And um, just to give you an overview of what we're going to do over the next six weeks, we've got The Toolbox tonight. And then next week, we've got The Tools in The Toolbox. Um, then the third, fourth and fifth week we're going to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are speaking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we're taking three gifts at a time. And then on the last week we're going to be talking about the more excellent way. Um, so that's what we've got to look forward to over the next six weeks. So whether you're joining us online or in person, big, big welcome to you. For those that are joining us online, um, welcome. Um, I'm trying this new microphone out this evening. Um, this one here, which means we can have the camera further away. Hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better as well. But we'll find out, won't we, after, afterwards. Um, uh, I always make sure I watch um, the Sunday Night Local teaching at least 24 times, because it obviously adds to the numbers of views then, um, which is really good. <laughs> no, not really. Um, so, <laughs> although I noticed Richards was quite high last week <laughs> as the week went on. <laughs> So, anyway, um, so we're going to start by reading um, the passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 um, that refers to the gifts of the Spirit, which are, so the gifts of the Spirit, uh, uh, we're, we're referring to them tonight as the spiritual tools that God has given us to, to be effective for his kingdom. So, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 1 to 11, quite a long passage here, but I want to just kind of start off with this foundational passage on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, or spiritual tools, as we're referring to them quite a lot over this series, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So, look at the person. No, you can't say anything, can you? Okay, if you're sitting next to someone, look at them and say, don't be ignorant. Right. Um, uh, verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. 
There are diversities of activities. But it's the same God who works all in all. So it doesn't matter what gifts you're using, what ministries you're involved with, what activities you're involved with. Um, when we're doing these things for God's kingdom, it's the same God, the same Lord, the same Holy Spirit that is working through and in all of us. But the ma- manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Let me just read that again. The manifestation, that word manifestation, it means a revealing or a showing um, or an expression. So the manifestation, the revealing of the Holy Spirit is given to each one of us, each believer, for the profit of all. In other words, to benefit everybody. Okay? And it's referring to the gifts of the Holy Spirit here. So it says, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Talking of words of knowledge, this morning, uh, before the service, we had our, our Zoom meeting, and Wayne and Nikki were on there, and so were the Oconquo family. And uh, I'd received an email on Saturday from Susanna, Nacho's wife, um, with the, her, her children's entry for the competition. And they had to take a phrase that Debbie Fowler had given them last Sunday. The kids had to um, find as many words as they could that they could make out of the, I think, four words or five words in that phrase. They'd, they'd found 72 words in that phrase. Right, get this. 72 words. And she'd put that in the email to me. So I say, just as a joke really to everyone on the screen, um, hey, well done the Oconquo family for entering the competition. Can anyone guess how many words that they, they, they got out of this phrase? And immediately, without any hesitation, Wayne said, 72. And we're like, but how? How does he know that? I said, have you seen Wayne? He said, no, just, I just said it. <laughs> And I was like, wow, we have a prophet in our midst, (laughs) Wayne Keeping. Um, So I just thought that was great. Anyway, word of knowledge. Uh, So, where were we? So, to one is given the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Okay, so there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are listed there. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now we're going to, there's so much that I want to say tonight, but some of it I've decided to leave till next week when we look at the the actual gifts of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual tools that are talked about here that God has given us. But the reason that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church here is because whenever they get together, it is absolute mayhem. Everyone has just been filled with the Holy Spirit and they are just bursting with the Spirit of God and they just all want to, everyone wants to prophesy, everyone wants to share words of knowledge and words of wisdom and um, 
uh, operate in the gift of healings and miracles. And it is just crazy and there's no order. And, and Paul writes to the Corinthian church and says, let's just get a little bit of order here. In fact, he says, let everything be done decently and in order. He's not here saying, you know, only one person can have this gift in the whole church. Only one person can have this gift. He's saying, at any given time, um, you know, let's be sensitive to how the Holy Spirit is moving. Let's do things in an orderly way. Um, and let's, but let's use the gifts that God's given us. Um, so I, I, I really believe that every single believer has access to all the tools. All the tools, all the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have access to those tools to live this Christian life in a way that brings God's kingdom into the world around us. So we're going to talk more about that side of things next week. But tonight we're going to talk about the toolbox itself. So, um, these, these spiritual tools are described here as a manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, a revealing of the Holy Spirit inside someone's life. So we're going to dig into the, the, what the tools are next week. But the toolbox that they come in um, if we don't have the toolbox and don't understand the toolbox, then we're never going to be able to use the tools, right? So what's the toolbox? Well, one answer is simply that the toolbox that God's given us is the indwelling Holy Spirit. Because the gifts of the Spirit are described as a manifestation of the Spirit. So the tools are, you know, they simply represent the toolbox that they come in. But I, I think the toolbox is better defined as the grace of God. I think the spiritual toolbox that God has given us that we're talking about tonight is actually, it's the grace of God. And, and I'm going to explain that as we go on tonight. So the Holy Spirit in Hebrews 10.29 is referred to actually as the Spirit of grace. And the Holy Spirit has brought the grace of God into our lives. I'm going to talk about what the grace of God is in a minute. And with the Holy Spirit and with the grace of God comes the spiritual tools that God wants us to be using in our daily lives, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And those spiritual tools are simply a manifestation or a display of the grace of God or the spirit of grace that is in our lives. Now in the Greek, the word grace is charis. Okay? Charis means... Um, it means goodwill, loving kindness, and favour. So when someone says they have, they're a recipient of the grace of God, they're a recipient of the goodwill, the loving kindness, and the favour of God. And that has been delivered into our lives by the Holy Spirit who is involved in that process of us being born again. Now, the word charis, grace, is actually the root of the Greek word charisma. Charisma, charisma, right? And that word charisma is translated gift. So when we read this, this passage in 1 Corinthians 12, um, the word gift there is the Greek word charisma. So charisma simply means grace manifested, grace given, grace displayed. That's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. They are a display of the grace of God in our lives. Or if you like, they're a display of the spirit of grace who has transformed and filled our lives. That's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. So, 
when I use spiritual tools, the gifts of the Spirit that God's given me, like prophecy, or healing, or wisdom, they're simply a manifestation of God's grace, a revealing of, of the goodwill of God. They're a revealing of, of the loving kindness of God, a revealing of the favour of God that has not just transformed my life, but that God wants to use to transform the world around me, other people's lives as well. Delivered into my life by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. Isn't it wonderful that our lives are containers of the grace of God? Our lives are containers of the goodwill the loving kindness and the favour of God. And it's God's will for his grace to be displayed to other people through the use of these spiritual tools that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. When we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the spiritual tools that we've been given, they display the grace of God to those around us. Now, grace isn't just a word. If grace is just a word to you, then you're missing out because grace is, is actually who God is. God is a God of grace. It's who the Father is, it's who the Son is, and who, who the Holy Spirit is. So God is the God of grace. The Father is the Father of all grace. And Jesus, when he stepped into this world, he stepped into this world and he revealed the grace of God to the world, didn't he? He revealed the goodwill, the loving kindness and the favour of God to everyone he met. We'll look at that in just a minute. But it says um, in 1 John, sorry, in John 1 verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. I mean, John's writing this as someone that, that actually he saw Jesus, the word of God, became flesh, walking around in this world. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when Jesus stepped into this world, he, he was a container of the grace and the truth of the Father, of God himself. Jesus was God himself, revealing himself to mankind. And every act of compassion that Jesus did, every word of wisdom he brought to people, and he brought a lot of them, every prophecy that Jesus said, every healing that Jesus did, every miracle that Jesus worked, revealed the grace of God. And then... John 1, sorry, yeah, John chapter 1, verse 16, just a couple of verses later, it says this about us who are recipients of the Holy Spirit. It says, And of his fullness we have received, and grace for grace. In other words, when God saved us by his grace, he made us containers of his grace. That's what it means by grace for grace. So that we could be people who not only have, have been transformed by the grace of God, but whose lives are then containers of the grace of God. That wherever we go, we can do what Jesus did and display the grace of God in our lives to the world around us. And that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. They are simply a display of the grace of God. God's grace revealed. God doesn't just look at us with goodwill, loving kindness and favour. It's not just the way that God sees you, okay? 
He doesn't just look at you and think, I favour you. Um, this grace has been brought into our lives by the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have been filled with the grace of God. Isn't that wonderful? With the goodwill, the loving kindness and the favour of God. And God wants us to experience his grace, not just know about his grace. He wants us to tangibly feel his grace. He wants us to experience his grace in our lives personally. He doesn't just want us to have um, a, a theological understanding of what grace is. He wants us to have an experiential knowledge of his grace in our lives. Amen? So, not only that, but God wants us to then, I couldn't think of a better way of saying this, but he wants us to splash around his grace as Jesus did. Everywhere Jesus went, he just splashed around the grace of God um, by using the spiritual tools that he had. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to splash around his grace, show people his grace by using the spiritual tools that he's given us. Not only that, in fact, what he really wants to do is, is pour out his spirit of grace through our lives like a river as um, we've mentioned several times over the last few weeks John 7 verse 38 if anyone thirsts as the scripture has said let him come to me and drink and I will out of his belly out of his inmost being out of his heart I will pour out rivers of living water so if we're going to be effective in using the spiritual tools that God's given us or made available to us by his Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, then we need to have the toolbox close to hand. In other words, we need to have a deep understanding, not just a theological kind of idea, but a, an experiential knowledge of God's grace in our lives. So we're going to dig into grace a little bit more tonight. Now, when a person is saved, they are the recipient of two things from God. Number one, God's mercy. God's mercy is poured out upon a person in order for their sin to be forgiven. Number two, they're a recipient of God's grace. God's grace is poured out upon a person so that they can experience his favour and his blessing and so that God can empower their life to live effectively for his kingdom. I've heard it said before that God's mercy is us not getting what we deserved. In other words, punishment for sins, because Jesus took that. Um, God's grace is God giving us what we did not deserve. We didn't deserve the favour of God. We didn't deserve uh, his empowering spirit at work in our lives. But God, because he cleansed us by his mercy, he was able to pour his spirit into our lives. God's mercy was poured out when Jesus came and gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. He became our substitute. It should have been us that perished because of our sin. But Jesus took our place on the cross. He took our punishment upon himself. We received God's mercy the moment we repented of our sin. So we recognised our wrongdoing and we came to God and accepted Jesus as our saviour. In that very same moment, that very same moment that we received God's mercy, God's grace was also poured out upon us. We were born again. Not born of the flesh again, but born of the spirit. The moment we received God's forgiveness, our lives became clean and God 
was able to make us alive to himself by the work of his Holy Spirit. We were born from above. By the internal transformation of God's Spirit, remember, the Spirit of grace, we became children of God. Isn't it wonderful to be a child of God? Inheritors of the blessings and the promises and the favour of God. That's who we are tonight. We live in a dark world. We live in a hopeless world. But we are children of God. We're inheritors of the blessing and the favour and the promises of God. And don't let anyone ever tell you any different. You're a precious child of God. I want to turn now to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read a significant section from this. Verses 1 to 10. Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 10. And this speaks about both the mercy and the grace of God. Ready? And ready on the screen? Okay. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. So we once walked according to the course of this world. We were all once dead in trespasses. And we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. It's referring to Satan, the devil. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So we were no different to the world around us right now. Um, But then in verse 4 it says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were doing all that stuff, we were dead in our trespasses, he made made us alive together with Christ. So it refers to his mercy here, which brought us to himself. And then it says, by grace, you have been saved. That word saved, it means um, to live in the the fullness of salvation. And and God wants his people, his children, to live in the fullness of of his salvation. He doesn't want us to wait until we get to heaven. There is so much of his kingdom that he wants to pour out uh, in our lives now as we live on this earth. So by grace you have been saved. And it says, he raised us up together. So this has already happened, okay? He raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When it says made us to sit together, it's about our position. We're seated with Christ. We are set together with Christ in the heavenly places that in the ages to come, that's talking of what happens next, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In other words, right now, we are in a position of blessing. We're in a position of authority in Christ. We're in a position where we are inheritors of the the blessing and the favour and the promises of God and there is so much more to come in the age to come. We are going to experience the fullness of God's grace when we step into heaven. But right now we have so much and it says verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That of not, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, there's a long passage, and I made it even longer by keeping stopping all the way through. Uh, but it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, and it's not of your works, it's the gift of God. Okay? So, our salvation isn't dependent on what we did. We, we understand that, don't we? It's dependent on God's mercy to forgive us and his grace to bring us to a place of blessing where we can experience the fullness of his salvation as we live in this world. This amazing salvation that we've experienced and can enjoy now is the result of God's mercy and grace. In the parable of the prodigal son, we see an incredible picture of this. So the son is away from the father. He's taken everything that he could and he's just wasted it. And he finds himself just in a pile of pig's poop, actually. It's just in a big mess. His life is, is completely messed up. And he's even eating the food that the pigs are eating because he's starving. And he thinks, what is going on here? Uh, he came to his senses, it says in Luke chapter 15. It says, he came to his senses and decided that he would return to his father. And his intention was just to throw himself at his father's, seat, uh, uh, his father's feet and, and say, I'll just be your servant, I'll be your slave. I, I, I just, you know, I'm sorry. So anyway, he repents in his heart. He returns to the father. And what's the first thing the father does? The father just puts his arms around his son. And to me, that just speaks of God's mercy. God's amazing mercy. The father just embraces his son. So his son is now forgiven. He starts to say, oh, I'm just going to be your servant. And the father just shuts him down and says, no, you're not. You're my son. You're my son. That's the, the incredible mercy of God poured out. And then the father does, he, he, he puts a robe on him. He puts a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. And to me, I always call that the robe of righteousness. His, un his son understood that he was made right again with his father. The ring of relationship. His son understood that he was back in relationship, a covenant relationship with his father. And the shoes of sonship. You know, servants would wear no shoes, the son would wear shoes. And then, not only that, the father said, now let's come, come and sit at my table. I mean, I just love that. And that speaks of, of the grace of God. The mercy of the Father was shown to his Son, and then he showed him such grace. He said, come and share in everything that I've got. Come and be blessed. Come and receive my promises again. It speaks of the grace of God. So again, this is an amazing parallel. And, and, and if we're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, if we're going to use the spiritual tools that God has made available to us, we have to understand where they come from. They are nothing about what we can do. They are nothing about our ability. They have been delivered into our lives by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. When we received Jesus, we were forgiven of our sin. God's grace was poured out upon us. And God desires that his grace is just splashed around wherever we go, just like Jesus did. He wants his grace to be shown um, in multi multiplied ways wherever we are on a daily basis. And that's what, where these spiritual tools come into it. So, 
It was nothing to do with our works. I keep rushing ahead of myself. Uh, Titus 3, verses 4 to 7. This is a fantastic scripture. Titus 3, verses 4 to 7. It says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Saviour toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but again, what does it say? But according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There's a lot of words in that scripture there, and you really have to just take your time, but it's one to come back to. Just take your time to just work through that bit by bit. But again, it speaks about his mercy and his grace. His mercy to forgive and his grace to bless our lives and empower our lives. And then, of course, going back to that passage we just read in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10 it says, We are his workmanship. Don't you love that? You're, you're God's workmanship. There's some other amazing translations. I think the Passion Translation does just gives this incredible description of what that means to be his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So it says that although we've not been saved by our good works, God has prepared good works for us to do. There are good works that God has prepared for us to do. It says we're his workmanship. In other words, we're born again in Christ Jesus for good works. We also see this in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. just want to refer to that scripture. It says that he, God, has saved us and called us with a holy calling. So we just read in verse 10 of Ephesians 2 that he has a purpose for our lives. And now in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 it says we have been called with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Isn't it amazing to know that we have been called with a holy calling and that God has prepared good works for us to walk in. We have a calling and a purpose. And I was listening to someone speak, um, I think it was last week, uh, I mentioned it to the Connect group the other day. Um, okay, yeah, no, I mentioned it on my video as well. Major Tom, except it's not Major Tom, is it? It's Captain Tom. Um, ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if you're like smiling at me or just looking mad. Um, some people smile with their eyes, but I'm not close enough to see. <laughs> anyway, um, Captain Tom, the best year of his life was his 100th year. He was knighted, he met the Queen, he had a, a military fly-by on his birthday, he did 100 laps of his garden on his Zimmer frame, <laughs> raised £35 million for charity. You know, it's a pretty good year, isn't it? And, and it just shows as well, you know, it doesn't matter how old we are, um, how wrong you think you've lived your life up to this point, um, because actually uh, it's not about whether you deserve it or not, God has a calling on your life. He has a purpose for you. And all you have to do is give yourself to him. Okay? That's all you have to do. Okay. 
So, God's grace has been delivered into our lives by the Holy Spirit. And that has positioned us as children of God. We are favoured by God. We are blessed by God. He has given us promises. That same Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, resides in us and empowers us to live out God's calling and God's purpose for our life. Don't try and do it in your own strength. Don't try and use the spiritual tools in your own strength because um, you'll mess up. You know, don't, don't think, all right, I've got to prophesy, so I'm just going like, to share words of prophecy with people, tell them about you know, what God says to them. Um, don't, don't do it in your own strength because you'll mess up. Wait for God to speak. God will speak when you have a grasp of his grace in your life. Uh, and that grace will just be bursting to flow through your life. Uh, and you will just become very naturally able to pick up the tools, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, and glorify God through them. So lots more to come. Um, all of our ability to do the will of God, all of our ability to do God's will, to live this Christian life, to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, to bring his kingdom to the world around us, comes by God's grace, comes by the spirit of grace that dwells in us. And that takes us all the way back to where we started, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God not only wants to work in our lives, he wants to work through our lives. He's given us these nine spiritual gifts or spiritual tools that we read about in 1 Corinthians 12 that, that bring or, or, or reveal his kingdom to the world around us. Jesus used them all the time. Healings, miracles, words of prophecy, and he wants us to as well. Our ability to access the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these spiritual tools, is dependent on our understanding of his grace not just having a head knowledge but an experiential knowledge of the spirit of grace in our lives and I just want to finish by reading this, this verse from uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and this is something that the Apostle Paul wrote about himself now remember the Apostle Paul um, right up to the moment that he was um, converted to Christ he was killing Christians um, he persecuted the church and um, caused them great challenge in these times. And even then he was on the road to Damascus to uh, kill some more Christians. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, not worthy to be called an apostle, because I, I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of of God I am what I am and he's not he's not saying that from a defeated point of view he's saying I'm changing the world with the gospel <laughs> I am what I am by God's grace his grace toward me was not in vain hey when God poured out his grace on my life I didn't waste that I got on with doing what he called me to do I laboured more abundantly than they all. So he's actually talking about the other apostles. <laughs> he's saying, I worked harder than all of them. <laughs> um, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Isn't that amazing? So, as we start this new theme, I'm going to set you some homework. I hope you're listening at home and here, live, in person. Homework is to gain more understanding of God's grace. Now, 
Um, there's this fantastic tool on the interweb called the Blue Letter Bible. Um, and uh, if you search up Blue Letter Bible, um, it's, a, it's just a fantastic resource. You can get the app as well, actually. Uh, and it's got absolutely tons of, of Bible uh, reference books, dictionaries. Um, it's got the Strong's Concordance and the Vines. It's got all of the stuff, all in one package. Okay, so it helps you study the, the words that are used in the Bible. It's called the Blue Letter Bible. It's the first thing that will come up when you type that in. So, so you could do perhaps a word study on the word grace in the Bible. You could, uh, you could read the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 and just think about it. Just read it um, a couple of times this week and then just mull it over. Think about it. Think about how it applies to your life. Find other scriptures to meditate on that talk about God's grace towards you. Maybe just think about Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 this week. For by grace you have been saved. Just think about it. Let it just become something that isn't just head knowledge, but let God's grace just fill your heart. Become something that... that you experience personally in your life and most importantly this week as Pastor Andy was saying this morning let's make sure we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit let's make sure we're welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives um, acknowledging his presence in our lives every day you know because as we do that what we're doing we're welcoming the Spirit of Grace so with the Holy Spirit will come revelation of the loving kindness of God, of the goodwill of God, of the favour of God. And we all need that if we're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit that we're going to start speaking about properly next week. So I just want to pray as we finish tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that tonight we've made a start on this, this new series. And I pray, Father, that this will um, challenge us. It will challenge us to be people that don't just know about your grace for ourselves and don't just experience your blessing ourselves and the hope that you've given us. We don't keep that all to ourselves. But, Father, ultimately, you want to use us to reach this world. And I pray, Father, that we'll be people that uh, just start to, to have more and more passion about taking that grace to the world around us. Lord, thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that we are going to see your church rise up in a new level of, of power and authority and ability in these coming weeks as we talk about the spiritual tools that you've given us. I just pray, Father, that the platform tonight will be laid in hearts, that we would be people that are just filled with and oozing with your grace, ready to just be used by you. So we commit ourselves to that purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Can someone press my red button, please, to stop the recording? Thank you. <laughs>